Time to watch Pennywise kill a dog. Watch Winter Soldier jizz in a cup. Watch Dudley Dursley kill Alice from Wonderland. Watch John Connor kill Dudley. Watch Winter Soldier kill Alfred Pennysworth. And watch Spider-Man kill Batman, John Connor, and Winter Soldier. Because on this episode of Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat, we watch The Devil All the Time. I'm Devin Barnes, and with me always is the Sandy to my Carl, Liam Whaler. Yo, yo, yo! Woo! What's going on? A lot of people, a lot of big faces dying in this movie. Uh, from uh, we gather from the intro, literally, it was like the all-star cast uh, yeah. of uh, fantasy comic. It really was horror. like an all-star team of atrocious murderers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we got yeah, I don't know. We got some Alfreds, Batman's Butler. We have Batman. We have uh, Alice from Wonderland. We got everything, baby. Yeah, that was the initial one of the reasons why we uh, chose. And, of course, we're talking about Devil all the time. And, well, I know we're, we're dying to get into it. We uh, mm. we don't want to jump right into it. But that was the uh, initial reason why we first picked Devil all the time before our Halloween shenanigans. But I guess I'll let you kick off the intro before we get back yes. into that. But For real. Well, like you were saying, because then a bunch of vampires invaded the Bronx. So we had to... Uh... <laughs> We had to cover that. Not the streets of Wadlan. Not the streets of Wadlan. But welcome. This is, I guess, part two of our Netflix and chat spooktacular. Uh, the devil all the time, like we said. Uh, yes, course, our like Netflix and chat Halloween film fest. Our, our spooky uh, uh, film fest going on. As it's a oh, yeah. triple header of Netflix and chat action for your Halloween festivities here on the Geeked Up podcast. Correct. Obviously, all leading up to the greatest, possibly the greatest Halloween movie of all time. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. but uh, I'm going greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be uh, all capping off with Hubie Halloween. Uh, of course, the uh, quintessential Halloween movie on Netflix. Uh, we kicked it all off, like I said, with Vampires versus the Bronx. Pretty much right on time for Halloween. And then this one kind of fell in the middle, because like Liam was saying, we uh, teased it before the Vampires vs. Bronx, uh, kind of because it had the devil in the title. But it definitely... It's, <laughs> but I, I think it initially just came on our radar because it was all of the Avengers and our pets. Correct. It was Batman yeah. and Winter Soldier and Spider-Man. Exactly. So uh, the Geeked Up Boys are all Halloween over this one. Movie necessarily, but watching it now, it's just like, dude, it's definitely dark. It's oh, definitely, for sure. Uh, if it was going to fall on any uh, ho- holiday, it would either be uh, Halloween, of course, and then probably Thanksgiving. I would say it kind of has a weird Thanksgiving feel. I mean, we can get into it a little movies. bit later <laughs> in our kitschy question, perhaps. But sure, uh, sure. is it darker than last year's? I mean, it's just as Halloween-y as our last year's fucking uh, – what was the Stephen King? The, uh, the Tallgrass? In the tall grass, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that was a little bit more like direct. In the tall horror, grass but... at least had like monsters. Yeah, that's true. Like, actually, I forgot right. the rock. I, I forgot about the uh, guest appearance <laughs> yeah. by the rock. But that's right. That's right. But, uh, but so I'm this counting one... this one. But you're right. It doesn't. It's a little different than Bronx vs. Vampires, and of course, our Hubie I'm Halloween, guessing... the wacky yeah. Chandler Halloween. I'm guessing it's different than. Uh... I don't know. There was funny voices in this though too. Uh... <laughs> It almost seemed like Robert Pattinson was doing a uh, Hubie Halloween voice himself. But uh, dude, I was just thinking we'll though, compared uh, uh, 
uh, Holland and Arpats compared to stupid uh, uh, G. Gordon Levitt and fucking the rest of the assholes in Project <laughs> Power with their accents. Mm. I was just like, dude, can uh, uh, G. Gordon Levitt fucking watch? Can we take funny. notes was- on this fucking movie? I mean, honestly, dude. I mean, again, <laughs> like he wasn't even doing a New Orleans accent. Not to uh, tear up. Uh, uh, but check back Project Power as well. But mostly all of our Halloween net- uh, Netflix and chats here in 2020. But as well, be on the lookout because we are going to be uh, uh, posting on our you know sp- uh, SoundCloud page. But in the tall grass, as well as our Halloween special from last year, we'll do uh, uh, making a spooky Halloween themed playlist on our YouTube page. So all sorts of fun. Uh, Halloween stuff going on between this year's Netflix and chat and everything else on all the geeked up Absolutely. platforms. And of course, too, uh, listen to our Halloween expert Ray Goots on uh, the Vampires vs. Bronx episode. That's up himself. on our YouTube page as well, Geeked Pods, for here, uh, uh, here us kick off the Halloween season with Goots and then. Oh, yeah. Get into uh, Bronx vs. Vampires as well. And as well as, uh, of course, all leading up to the big geeked up horror movie trivia Zoom room as well. Thursday the 29th, 8 p.m. in the East. Come check it out. All are welcome. Prizes. Puffy shirt yeah, costumes because it's all like because I'm not going to the Halloween storm. You already own a puffy shirt. My, uh... You definitely get bonus points for wearing a costume. <laughs> I mean, my and puffy shirt is The only so. person that's wearing a costume, we're all going to laugh at you and take away points. So it's a real uh, gamble here. Are you going to bet on other people wearing costumes? Or are you going to be the one goof, the only goof wearing one? You know, we're looking at you, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> um, but kind of want to just get right into this one too just because uh i know we've been dying we've already tried to hop into this one we're uh, itching to uh, get into the... like you said i mean even in the intro there's so many characters uh in this movie and you know none of them really have bit parts you could say that uh tom holland spider-man would be the lead but he doesn't even show up to like 45 minutes into this movie <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah a ton of people and there's a ton going on uh let's give it our breakdown of course let's start off with our uh i the imdb breakdown uh so devil all the time it's rated uh we're gonna leave the guessing to the um the rotten tomato score but this one's rated r because i think again this one was probably shopped around as a theatrical release yep i got uh, a couple thoughts as well it gave you an r but as well it gave you like a, a r with a very exciting list of all the reasons why it was like graphic nudity extreme violence like fucking yeah, badass yeah, shit yeah, yeah. going down for two hours i was like all right fuck yeah with this r good it way didn't to even start. say graphic nudity it said disturbing nudity okay yes what exactly i was like that? yeah yeah and then you I'm... find out you're like oh there it is <laughs> <laughs> uh... i know for sure and then i guess another just real quick thing uh, <laughs> i'm gonna fast forward all the way to the end here uh, uh without a bradley cooper's a spoiler i guess going on but another interesting thing just about how this was kind of presented and should like very easily could have been theatrical but did you notice at the end of the movie how they actually had like a real credits scene which was like really for netflix it's usually like oh. right after the movie they automatically go to like the 10 second countdown and like start previewing hubie halloween while the other for credits sure. are rolling this gave you like the full screen like an actual movie credits That's list before 
I which, think it just needed you. I think this movie just needed to give its audience like a chance to decompress after that. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, but we've complained, or I've complained about that before, though, that it does kind of take you out of the movie sometimes. You're right, just like in that decompressing factor, where I like watching the, especially a movie like this, where you wanted to watch the cast run down because there were so many epic people in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was just like, mm-hmm. but I really appreciated that, but it was like, it was just almost like jarring by how different it is than other Netflix movies when the auto like the 10 seconds till Cobra Kai fucking season 2 <laughs> countdown yeah. and by the way how have we not Netflix and Chad Cobra Kai by the way however uh, I digress but you know what I mean so I'll also just no, throw no, that out sure. there it was really presented everything I feel much this, more official than a everything about this had the feel of a theatrical release so much so that in my little trivia here it was actually very rare for a Netflix movie it was actually filmed in 35mm film also oh interesting so this movie was made totally lost on all those assholes with our my plasma tv didn't uh... (laughs) (laughs) i went to tarantino's house and watched it on a projector (laughs) Um, but uh it's got a runtime of uh two hours 18 minutes okay um and again flew by for i don't want to say flew by but great i mean yeah didn't feel like yeah. It felt shorter than uh, Vampires vs. Bronx, <laughs> which uh, gets me to my next point, Liam. Uh, I'm going to let you guess the uh, the Rotten Tomato score in this thing now. Okay, interesting, I guess, because after last week, didn't uh, didn't the oh, – no, no, the critics gave like Hubie, uh, gave Bronx vs. Vampire like a rousing 100% uh, white guilt too afraid to bash that movie. Yeah, but then the people it gave a- it like a – uh, 48%. Uh, 48%. Okay. So the people run. I was positive on that one. So this one I'm going to go, though. I got to uh, – uh, uh, I'm going to stick with my same as last week, I'd say, like a hearty 75 to 80. I don't know if the people okay. are sadistic enough to fucking 100% love this movie, but uh, it was – I feel solid enough. I don't, I, don't, I don't see the people going rotten on this one. All right. Well, this is crazy because this, again, really is a – just kind of like what we were saying about Vampires vs. Bronx is this is another prime example of just how out of touch the fucking critics are. Audience gave this movie an 80%, okay. which is pretty fresh. The critics gave it a 65%, which means wow. they gave Vampires vs. Bronx a 95%. <laughs> and yeah. this movie, 65%. And ridiculous six zero. <laughs> and as we always like to, uh, what did we? Oh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow what Hubie Halloween got. But I mean, <laughs> do they have egg all over their face after giving ridiculous six a zero? But no, you're right. Hilarious that uh, fucking Bronx vs. Vampire outdoes it than this in the critics. Almost a hundred, but... <laughs> almost a hundred percent for Bronx vs. Vampire. But, but uh... the uh, the people make sense though, especially like we said, just with all of the. You know, R. Pats is fucking beloved out there, and Tom Holland is really popular. You know what I mean? It's just like big mm. names in this one. I feel are going to win win over points with the public. But oh yeah, all in oh, all, yeah. I mean, we not to give away too many spoilers. Both of us really enjoyed it, though. So we, uh, you know, eighty percent seems about right. I'd say. Mm-hmm. I do. I do too. Uh, to run through this more, uh, it's cat. This movie's categorized as a crime drama thriller, which uh, all seems right. Um, it was released September 16th of this year. So again, pretty, fr- uh, pretty new on the Netflix list. Uh, the IMDb synops- synopsis of this movie is sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. 
uh, fucking yeah, understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah, little wordy for a bunch of fucking red, <laughs> bunch of hillbillies killing each other every fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's directed by uh, Antonio Campos. Um... Andre's brother, Dre Davi. <laughs> Woo, baby. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. Um, pretty much his uh, feature film debut. He's done a lot of like TV and stuff like that. Um, wow. This is a big thing. Uh, now, I mean, getting, pulling is... in, pulling, like we said, you know, Devin's about to run off the cast, but, you know, intimidating, yeah, I mean, really... uh, intimidating call sheet for your first fucking movie. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> no doubt, dude. Uh, so the cast list, too, is pretty wild just because, uh, you know, how I usually do. I usually just pick out, like, some of the main players and then, you know, leave the rest of the work to you guys. This one, feel like everyone was a main player. So I'm going to throw out here uh, just pretty much everybody. So Bill Skarsgård, of course, played Willard. Tom Holland played Arvin. And he was uh, the guy. He's the guy from It, of course. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennywise played Willard. Yeah, it was Pen- played Arvin. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Stan. Okay, I'll do it like that. Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. Winter Soldier, played Deputy Lee Bodecker. Jason Clark, a.k.a. John Connor, played Carl. Uh, <laughs> Harry Melling, uh, a.k.a. the poetry reading nugget from... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Second Buster appearance Scruggs, from Legless Scruggs. Guy from uh, Buster Scruggs. What did we just watch him in? Where my mind was fucking was, blown. Uh, uh, the Charlie Steron movie we watched. Okay, yes, that's right. And my it mind was, was like, blown. Uh, I was like, this guy has fucking arms? This guy has extremities? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just thought he was he a was stump. He was also that... like uh, Dudley in all the Harry Potter movies. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't so, see those. So I, was, I just thought he was fucking... Yeah, yeah. Some amazing yeah, exactly. uh, uh, armless, uh, some amazing stump that the Coen brothers found that could fucking end. And dude, ironically enough, his brother in this movie was wheelchair bound by uh, was <laughs> know, this, like performing a really full circle. Um, Robert Pattinson, Batman, of course, plays Reverend Preston Teagarden. And then just to uh, run through a couple more, Mia, oh, her name's hard to say, Mia Wasikowski plays Helen. She's also was Alice and Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and just the rest, of, kind of right out the rest of the ladies. Riley Coe played Sandy. Haley Bennett played Charlotte. Eliza Scanlon played Lenora. And then this one I thought was interesting. Uh, Donald Ray Pollock is the voice of the narrator. Uh, he's the writer of the novel, the author of the novel. Oh, he's cool. The guy narrating this whole film, which I thought was fucking pretty dope, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about the narration angle in a, in a minute when we get to the movie. But yeah, the, oh, that's cool, though. I was wondering who the narrator was, actually. I forgot to write that down to uh, look into that. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's a cool little tidbit. Yeah, I thought that was a really neat like little just, uh, and, you know. And uh, like Devin mentioned, those uh, pretty much all those girls, too, were like familiar faces that I had seen that you couldn't exactly. That's why, like when I IMD cross-referenced, everybody like tracks to some movie that you've seen or TV show that you've seen. Fucking oh, yeah. Lee, Leroy, one guy. And dude, I just like it. Just every one of them has like a huge role in this film because it's all intersecting. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Really didn't feel right leaving anybody out this time. I would say, I guess, all in all, uh, Pennywise is kind of you know his like he's in the first act, but I'd say mm-hmm. that he would kind of take a back seat to Tom Holland and R. Pats. I'd say are. Like the runaway leads, and then you're right. Everybody Tom else, Holland, the sheriff yeah, has a big was... role. Winter Soldier has a big role, but I'd say those two are really like the uh, the main focal points. Agreed, agreed. But I mean, even so, like I said, like Tom Holland, I think de- definitely is the lead. But again, he doesn't show up till 45 minutes into the film. <laughs> we have a, a two hour movie. Yeah. 
that's like over like a quarter of the movie he's not in, which is wild. I mean, I guess we can get into it with that anyway. uh... For sure, we will. But just kind of like kind of like you were saying, but like if you really look at like the screen time of everybody in this movie, they're probably like you know. uh, Batman, Robert Pattinson, it was probably in the movie for only like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Because, I mean, like, he didn't and, even show up for fucking probably an hour, or like an hour and exactly. 15, actually. I think if, everyone's uh, just like acting, really, and like everyone's scenes when it's like finally their scene is like so fucking pivotal. You're just like, holy shit, like, is this the movie I'm watching now? And then the next scene is like, okay, is this the movie I'm watching now? And it's just, yeah. uh, I guess just to, to kick off our breakdown, that kind of is, and the IMDb breakdown did definitely reference to the intersecting storylines and all that but that is definitely i'd say like the main kind of theme of the movie is for the most part there are like two storylines going on the whole time at least two for sure at least because yeah i guess like you're saying get us into our breakdown of it dude it's just that like uh, I guess it really right, starts guess, off, like you said, with that first 45 minutes, like Act 1, like we'll call mm-hmm. it. But that's kind of just like the origin story to the rest of the movie, you know, where it like sets up Tom Holland's like back. Like, oh, that's kind of inconsequential to the movie, but it was uh, uh, really good. Because so it also, I mean, sets up the serial killer's origin story, uh, yeah. Tom Holland's sister's origin story. I mean, like, they could have done that in like 10. They could have. I'm not saying that they should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, no, 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 you know what I mean? They uh, for a two like if they were trying to trim you know forty minutes out of a two and a half they didn't need to do that and as you referred uh, referred to the narrator as well kind of kicks off he sets the tone for the intersecting storylines like right off the bat where he tells you about the serial killers and Absolutely then does, you lo- then you leave that storyline onto the next one and that just right off the bat like set off a great like ominous tone you know shit's gonna mm-hmm. be fucked up shit's going down but Correct. derails you with a whole nother creepy backwoods storyline 100 percent. in the same thing you're just like dude did that guy just say something about serial killers and victims <laughs> and then like later on like when they uh you know pick the guy up you're like oh yeah they're fucking creeps i forgot about that like it's kind of because it really starts oh wait that guy carl is a creep no way yeah. I, uh, <laughs> he doesn't seem too creepy from the fucking opening scene because like on face it starts off with what pennywise bill skarsgård like coming back from world war ii uh a little disturbed, not crazy, but, you know, it shows that he, like, found a soldier crucified by the Japanese, uh, put him out of his misery. He then uh, kind of goes to a diner on his way home and meets his future wife, which, again, is a great point, like we just pointed out. The narrator's also like, this guy, Carl, also meets his future wife there, too. They later called their victims models. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, dude? Yeah. Um. He goes home. Pennywise goes home to, like, his mom and uncle. He gives his uncle, like, this gun from, uh, you know, he says it's the one that Hitler killed himself with, kind of joking around. Uh, a, but, but, a, but a real Luger. Yeah. I guess the voice, too, that he had uh, Bill Skarsgård. He meets a waitress at the diner he stops in for just a pit stop and, like, falls in love with her. And then his mom and the It's the 1950s. Trying... That's fucking all it took. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You can fucking order order a fucking plate of fries and meet your soulmate and fucking get it all. You're having a baby fucking three weeks later, but all right. <laughs> um, dude, very... <laughs> so the mom also... Pennywise's mom also wants uh, him to meet this lady from her... This girl from his church or her church that they go to. Uh, at that first meeting, though, this kind of spawns off to another uh, plot point where it was uh, the nugget from uh, Buster Scruggs shows up <laughs> to the preacher fucking pouring spiders all over his face like a maniac. Um, 
Yep. And right off the bat, just like anything, and as well, they do set off the tone that this is in like backwoods, West Virginia, rural Ohio. So like breeding ground for fucking creepy shit. All right. And then the second thing is this creepy preacher team with like a wheelchair brown brother playing the guitar and the the fucking legless guy from Buster's Drugs acting crazy. And you just feel like something's amiss. You know, the whole movie's got like like a perfectly ominous tone of creepy shit going on. Like you just know something is, is amiss the whole time absolutely i mean and the other thing too i mean and this is kind of the first instance of it but well not really because i guess he saw the guy crucified in world war ii but anytime religion or like christianity or especially like far southern like porn spires over yourself but like that it, it, the religion always has an ominous tone in this movie like and as you yeah will that's see, true we definitely it, <laughs> as we we'll... go through this film we'll see it over and over i didn't even again. really think you're absolutely right though it does kick off with the fucking soldier on the cross i like i totally soldier forgot about cross. that with the religious whole and then uh, the very first time they go to church this fucking psychos pouring yeah. spiders all over his head. no and we'll get into there's a lot of very obvious like disturbing religious metaphors and i guess really both ohio both west virginia and preachers are you're, you're gonna get creepy in like current 2020 yeah. cinema if it's about a preacher just get ready for some fucking dark disturbing shit all right because there's a no preachers never save anybody on fucking tv anymore they just fucking kill people and same thing with west virginia it's gonna be fucking oxycontin yeah. and murder and fucking preachers same shit so yeah you know for west virginia surprisingly no oxycontin i guess it is in it's like the 50s, the 50s yeah yeah it's the 50s. <laughs> yeah because i was like unsurprisingly no black people <laughs> but uh so i guess the girl though to get back into it that pennywise was supposed to hook up with that his mom wanted to hook up with she falls for a spider priest so there's that (laughs) and she's also like a sinned orphan child that the mom was like looking after or whatnot but they set up that she kind of has like a shitty life like both of her parents died in a fire yeah i believe is what the narrator says um so then they kind of that kind of you kind of the narrator says too. He's like she met her because narrator does a lot of work in this film. Like, With all these storylines, it's like, it's essential because there's so 100%. many storylines that are intersecting. Like the narrator was a great move and executed really well in the film. Um, but so Alice, or you know, the girl that plays Alice, she falls in love with the preacher, and they're like, we're gonna kind of come back to that story later. Uh, uh, they follow more to Pennywise, who then goes back to uh, that diner meets the waitress and then he's kind of just like you learn from like the letter he's writing his mom is like look the baby we had a baby we got married the baby's one now uh we just bought a house that had no sinks there's no running water i mean it's 1955 fucking west virginia dude like honestly i'm sure like 19 fucking 75 that's in west virginia that area dude i'm sure there's fucking places that are still got the well But, uh, so then it kind of just shows that, uh, Pennywise and his wife are like, they bought a house, even though they've been living, uh, uh, they bought a house, the kid becomes nine and kind of flashes forward in time. They've been living in this place for nine years and they're still like considered outsiders just because like, that's what a small community of this town is. He's uh, the only one on the bus that isn't related to somebody. Yeah, cold, cold exactly. Creek. So in which case, little Arvin gets bullied a lot. Uh, the dad kind of finds religion again he says he builds a cross in the backyard he like brings the kid over to pray with him and spoiler uh, alert something creepy is gonna happen on Santa cross yeah because again religion again yeah. there's a cross. he uh, brings the kid to pray with him and tells him he's like dude next time those kids like fuck with you fight them back you know like don't ever take shit 
uh, while they're doing this, for no reason, some poachers walk by and they're like, oh, he's out there praying. Maybe we should go rape his wife. <laughs> I mean, the they're fucking backwoods West Virginia poachers. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. Fucking... No, for sure, for sure. But then they, like, go home. Uh, Pennywise takes young Spider-Man into town to get mom some sugar. He then goes out of his truck and beats the living hell out of the two guys that made said ratio. <laughs> uh, little Spider-Man remembers it as his fondest memory of the day. <laughs> um, Which right off the bat, I was just like, when do these when do these guys show up and kill him? Because these backwoods West Virginia guys that are about to rape his wife aren't going to go out and go down that easy. <laughs> After this guy shows know, up at their house and beats like, him up, dude, like. Well, I guess I deserved it. I'm going to uh, learn my lesson and stop bullying and change my ways. No, he's showing up with his musket and fucking taking out the whole family. But I digress. That's what they never tell you in the whole, like, you got to stand up to these bullies. Bullies fucking love fighting. They'll fucking come back and kick your ass. But... Yeah, they're not going to respect you now. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking... It's literally just in the movies, okay? If you fucking... Beat the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> And God forbid if you ever think about standing up in the middle of lunch and making some impassioned nerd speech. Like, I promise you, it's not going to work. Don't listen to your mom when she tells you to fucking use your words and let the kids know. Yeah, it's yeah, going to get call, worse, man. dude. <laughs> your best bet is to take the fucking back door out of school, all right? That's your only hope. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Lenora in this movie, she fucking knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> fucking run I out. Grow up and start a podcast. Well, what can I tell you? <laughs> but, um, so I guess when they come home, though, from uh, beating the hell out of these uh, bullies, uh, the mom is lying on the floor. You find out she has cancer. Uh, the doctor says, I can't help with you. I can't help. You know, we can make it comfortable. We can't help with cancer. Uh, it's the 1950s. Uh, what do you? Yeah. <laughs> She's fucked. It's, it's yeah. 1950s real West Virginia. There's no medicine here. We fuck. A fever is a diarrhea. So Pennywise decides it's time to pray real hard, and so this is kind of when because up to this point too, you're like, oh, you know, he's a hard guy, but he seems like a good enough dad. The kid likes him. Yeah. So this is when he uh, truly starts becoming Pennywise. Uh, you know, starts being hard on the kid, hits the kid, fucking tells him, he's like, pray for your mom, what, you don't want your mom to live, uh, uh, tells him not to cry, then he goes to a bar, sees a deer head above, like, the horror room in the back of the bar, and is like, oh, I'm gonna go home and kill my kid's dog, <laughs> because God always yeah. needs sacrifice. And, uh, Which is not a part of fucking like Christianity at all. I don't know where they pulled that from. I don't know what verse know. in the Bible that fucking referred to, but there's some Old Testament shit. Isaac and uh, what's his face? But like, when does that ever get executed? That's like a fucking heathen ritual. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're ever doing a sacrifice. It's like a fucking what you'd see a voodoo practice. You never see like a good old Southern I mean, Baptist fucking doing that. But it's Pennywise, baby. But Willard's got his own fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, which again, dude, is a fucking, like, any time in a movie where, like, an animal gets killed that's not, like, a hunting animal, <laughs> like, a, I guess a pet, <laughs> it's always rough, and they sure do, like, make this one fucking rough as hell, because he shoots the dog in the head, fucking little Arvin hears it, uh, goes running out, has a breakdown, he's then, like, I guess you don't really know yet, but he does fucking, like, hang the dog up from the cross that they have, and it was just, like, all right, God, we made that sacrifice to uh, save my wife. The fucking yeah. then they the cut to the, then they cut to them at the funeral yeah. <laughs> in a very hilarious, like in a comedy cut take. <laughs> where, uh, 
<laughs> so definitely cuts to them at the funeral. The mom has been the mom is uh the mom died, obviously. The prank didn't work. Uh the kid's pretty much done with his dad. He's like, dude, fuck you. I'm gonna eat go eat this pie that's been sitting on it's sitting on our front porch. But like I'm done with your shit. And lo and behold, the dad goes out there, more sorry less, Pennywise goes out there and kills himself. Yeah. yeah. On the Cut cross. Lips, right? On the cross, of course. So uh, then I guess cut to uh, Winter Soldier jizzing in a cup in a uh, – <laughs> Yeah, he's getting a handy in a police car from some yeah. chick. Like, I swear, baby, like one day we one day we won't have to be jerking off into a Pepsi cup in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, you never find out if that lady uh, gets to live in a house or not. <laughs> That's a good call. You never the find one, out what happened. To fucking... That's like the one I got the feeling that that was a, a one-night stand kind of thing. I got the feeling that was a he, he wasn't faithful to his promise of getting yeah. a bed with her. But Yeah. But um, the cop who's Winter Soldier and kind of not a big part for him yet. You just find out he's the cop in town. But while he's getting a handy and a very pesci talking about veal while getting blown, he's like talking about his like sheriff election aspirations while getting a handy. He's like, you know, if I'm nice (laughs) to everybody, maybe I'll get some votes. uh, (laughs) Very pesci One day I'm going to run this down to me now. (laughs) You see, veal is pink when it comes (laughs) out of the freezer. (laughs) Fucking... Pesci talking about fucking butcher butchering cuts while getting blown. <laughs> very true. Um, he's the cop on scene. Yeah, and again, he isn't very compassionate. It's just like, all right, like Jesus Christ. He, that's when you see the dog on the cross. The cop finds it. It's like Jesus Christ. What was going on in this madhouse out here? <laughs> Takes the kid away. Kind of goes back to then that the lady back to the town that uh, Pennywise is from. The lady that she was he was supposed to his mom wanted him to hook up with. Has ended up marrying said preacher, uh, spider preacher, has a baby with him. Uh, he ends up getting bit by one of his spiders. His face like gets puffed out like a pumpkin, the narrator says. He locks himself in the fucking closet of their house for like a week and a half. Uh, doesn't come out, like pretty much is there talking to God. He thinks God's like stabbed in the back. Face gets cured. He comes out. He's like, I'm cured. They go to Pennywise's mom's house to uh, ask if they can watch the baby for him. They're going to go out to the woods and pray or do whatever backwards Christians do in the woods. Uh, You come to find out that what they do is he's kind of lost his mind in the closet. So he takes his wife out into the woods to go pray. He, uh, this is Nugget we're talking about, Spider Priest, stabs his wife in the throat and is just like, uh, (laughs) Uh, dude, can I like resurrect you now in the woods? Just yeah. a total. Again, and at first, like, it seemed like you knew something. Like I said, was very ominous and unsettling about this fucking priest duo. You knew something fucked up was gonna happen. Then he stabs her in the neck with a screwdriver. And at first it seemed very sadistic, but then he, like, really is trying to resurrect her, where I think he really was just crazy, not, like, you know. I don't think he was just killing his wife for the sake of killing his wife. Yeah, yeah. At first that's kind of what you, like, when he did, when he first stabbed her, you're like, all right, like, I saw this coming. But then he's, when he he would try to resurrect her, I was more surprised than when he stabbed her, (laughs) you know. It was just like, oh, he's nice. He's not a bad guy. But yeah, definitely so, uh, uh, religion had failed that fucking dude. <laughs> That's for sure. So over sure. two with Jesus, I'd say. But again, like every time there's yeah. like any kind of religious thing, like his message from God, he thought was to kill his wife. But you know, maybe it was the devil all the time that was talking to him. Mm. Thank you. That'd be a good title uh, for a movie. <laughs> oh wait, 
But I guess, and that yeah, pretty well, much does wrap up, like we said, the first act. Because... Well, kind of, because he kills his wife, he buries her, then he, like, flees town with his brother. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's one more stuff decides, on this trip. Around. Yeah, of course. Decides to go back to see his daughter, and he hitchhikes back to town. Who picks him up but the fucking yes. uh, serial the killer serial couple, couple that we alluded to. He met at the diner. They pick him up, and that's when you kind of find out, like, what their Dexter fucking serial killer thing is and it's basically he's like hey ugly come have sex with my hot wife <laughs> yeah it's like a really weird like 1950s as well where it's like pre-cameras mm-hmm. you know what i mean and he's just got this i guess like early i guess that is like snuff film or whatever you know what i mean like sure. the original actual thing but they would just lure these guys and at first like the diner scene was really creepy and disturbing because there's like she'd be the bait and he'd be the shooter and they'd be the models yeah. and the whole thing is they just get people to fucking you know uh, pose naked with his wife or have sex with his wife well he would take pictures of it then he would just fucking kill him in gruesome ways and take pictures of that and they'd I move on to the next innocent hitchhiker but... disturbing nudity at its finest <laughs> yeah for example, hence disturbing nudity but... so yeah they uh because they, again there's another part where the and I guess another so, what's up I said this would be another part too where the narrator does a great job of kind of like breaking you down like this is one of their first kills they're going to go on to kill many more yes. people over the years he's like this is early on in their killing days and another whole them. cross-section of storylines but the female debate of the serial killer duo is the sheriff's sister winter soldier sister. winter soldier yeah. sister Which you do kind of find out later but even when she first meets carl the serial killer at the diner he's like oh what are you new here and she's like yeah my brother just got me this job so that no. would have been Winter Soldier uh, doing all that. But I guess that pretty much is because then, like, you know, uh, uh, they cut to now we now we have Tom Holland. Now Arvis is like a teenager, yeah. like in his 20s or whatever. You know what I mean? Correct. So Correct. and the whole that whole first act really just set up the con the context of everything's like, going to happen. But really, kid, like I yeah. said, you could have done like a 15-minute montage or like a, literally a five-minute catch-upper if you had to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really great, Previously though. On. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the narrator, like, at, so at this point, 45 minutes in, in a lot of ways, nothing has happened, you know? However, you're again, super into it. Like, you know, so like, like... Exactly. At the same time, so much has happened, yeah. you know? And you're super into it. And uh, really liking where you're going, and we haven't even fucking seen Tom Holland or our pets yet. You know what I mean? No, so. exactly. Like Tom Holland and now his stepsister are just like these both these victims of like fucking terrible, like violent childhoods. Uh, more so Tom Holland because he was actually remembers all of it. The little girl was just dropped off as a kid. You know, for all they know, like they say, her dad could be coming around the corner dancing a jig any minute. I mean, that's what he said, but I think that she didn't feel fucking so optimistic yeah. about her fucking life. And she had been bullied as well. She's got, you know, like... Uh... Well, nobody really knew he was dead. Like, everyone assumed he killed his wife, but, like, nobody... Everyone just probably assumed he, like, killed his wife and ran away. You know what I that's mean? That's true, like, I guess, but people didn't he's know not that coming around doing the jig fucking after fucking, like... Couple, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, yeah. And, like, she was, like, a shamed orphan in the town. Everybody knew her as the girl who had the crazy fucking, you know, killer dad mm-hmm. and all that shit, so... But uh, I guess it's also important to point out that Tom Holland also gets that Luger. It opens up on like his 17th birthday, and he gets the, his uncle gives him the Luger that Pennywise gave him 17 years prior uh, for his birthday. It's like, the only thing I have for my old man. Uh, he's very protective of his stepsister, who you find out gets uh, uh, bullied a lot for her for some hilarious way the narrator puts it. 
or her pinched face and frozen cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, much like his old man, he uh, just horribly beats the shit out of these bullies for <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, the the Arvis and Willard aren't fucking around, all right? Whatever the hell their last name yeah. is, the family yeah. is not fucking around. So, um, also, but she, uh, the daughter, his stepsister, visits her mom's grave all the time at the church. You find out she's still very super religious. The preacher then lets them know. He was like, hey, look, my sister's, uh, my sister's, I guess his, his sister's son is coming over to take place of the church for him. Everyone bring a dish. Uh they're poor Spider-Man's family, so they bring uh, chicken livers to meet the new pre- preacher. The new preacher should, uh, turns out to be uh, uh, Robert Pattinson, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. goddamn Reverend Preston Teagarden, mm-hmm. who uh, you can just tell he's a slimeball. Um, and again, dude, like I had said, we're kind of, he's kind of doing a Hubie Halloween voice, but like, it's not like that ridiculous. But the, I mean, you got to get this fucking guy credit that like his accent alone his voice like you just you fucking know this guy's a slime no ball. for sure like, just the way he's like talking and you're for just, like, sure super evil job like acting like, robert Pattinson does a great job and he's a real good actor and i guess we'll talk about it later maybe but i, I can't i still can't see him as batman all right that's all that's all i'm saying <laughs> but he's really good in this in this movie but yeah you could tell that he's a piece of shit especially when he humiliates the family for showing up with fucking chicken livers which I gotta be honest i'm i'm kind of on his side on this one <laughs> have you seen good time with robert Pattinson? yeah, yeah, yeah. i did actually brother gets arrested that movie convinces me that he could be batman he's just such a fucking like ah. yeah yeah he fucks a kid but, uh, in that movie too actually it's uh he yeah, fucks another he does. <laughs> all right well well batman i guess robert pattinson's batman better not have a robin or else good luck <laughs> seriously <laughs> keep bad girl away from this fucking guy but but uh i mean dude you and i guess the other big way you find out that uh his pastor character is a huge dirtball is just because of the whole chicken liver calling out poor people thing. He's like, I'm going to eat me this whole plate of chicken livers. And you'll leave you all the good meat. And just like. Yeah, yeah. He like really humiliates the family. Yeah, For sure. Which is also like, I'm going with Spider-Man's theory. He's like, man, he probably just wanted to eat them all himself. Those chicken livers look like the best thing on the fucking thing. <laughs> Wait, and even the narrator says that like she's famous in town for like. Yeah, yeah. Down and like. When she's making those things, I don't know if you've ever had chicken livers before, but those look fire as fuck. <laughs> I'll stick with the I'll, I'll stick with the roast. All right, I'm a yeah, yeah. You're gonna take some of that white meat. Um, so you just tell he's a real dirtball. Uh, I guess when Tom Holland's going out to go beat the shit out of his stepsister's bullies, she's actually at her mom's grave by herself. He usually goes with her. It starts raining out. She like takes refuge in the church. That little creep is fucking there, and he's like, let's go to a special praying spot. And basically, it's just like, yo, get butt naked. We're going to do it. Uh, yeah, has very, girl. very creepy, like, yeah. not forced rape. Like, I don't know what the term of, like, it's like coerced statutory rape. rape. Statutory rape. Well, I think statutory like, rape is, like, just underage, what but it's, what's up? She is. She's, like, 17. She's yeah, yeah. Like 16, no, but it's not only, like, statutory. It's, like, it's not consensual in the sense where he's, like, you know what I mean? Use it's like a priest he's a kind of thing where he's again, like he's using God, yeah, 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 as a way. And again, every time religion and God is in this movie, it's like the devil, dude. It's fucking yeah, awful. Yeah. And like, but again, yeah. But she's like, I don't want to say she liked it, but she was like falls in love with the guy. Is any like naive sixteen year old would do to someone she idolizes? 
you know, who's like giving her affection like that. Yeah. She's like falling in love with the guy. Uh, lo and behold, it turns out he gets her pregnant. She but they honestly didn't pregnant. really do that much of like, uh, you know, she. they definitely showed like a little bit of an infatuation, but they didn't really play up that much that she was like too into. They kind of showed that like he fucked her in the car and then like that was it until the fucking scene where she shows up and tells him oh, about the baby. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because- like, Am I uh, wrong? Like, there wasn't really that much of, like, she, this she is... She tells uh... him... She tells Spider-Man not to come to the graveside and with her anymore. Uh, she was kind of, like, smiley bound when she first met him. And it's not hard to see that he's, like, a good-looking... Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. There's like, definitely... The but guy, they don't really play that up that much, that there's, like, a relationship. Much. Like, they when pretty much does... show him fuck her in the car in, like, a creepy way. And then for sure. when she tells him that he's pregnant, he fucking gives her the old like... uh, dude from Roma, our boy from Roma, <laughs> who's the fucking hilarious... Uh... But yeah, that was a pretty brutal scene, you know. It was. And just like creepy well, again, guy at his finest, you know. Really is, man. Like tells you, get rid of it, can't be mine, you dirty little sinner. Uh, and then gets in her head that her grandma, you know, Tom Holland's grandma also, is going to be like ashamed of her. And like, again, probably one of the most tragic deaths in this movie too is because she decides she's going to kill herself because of her grandma's shame. And then again, the goddamn narrator comes in and is like, oh, last minute she realizes, she's like, dude, what am I doing? Like, the baby will be fine. My grandma is the fucking nicest lady in the world. Yeah, like, that's how I came from. Uh, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm of an orphan she girl. she wouldn't be ashamed. And then, of course, she slips off the bucket and fucking hangs herself. Uh, yeah, dude, brutal scene because I did not. They show her, like, rummaging through the stuff, dude. And he goes, like, Robert Pattinson, very harsh. He's like, you should take care of that or you're going to be, like, the scourge of society or whatever. It's like, you should fix it yourself. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear from you. And then they show her, like, rummaging through the stuff. And I'm thinking, like, dude, am I going to have to watch yet another fucking abortion on this on this Netflix and chat? I guess it was last year. Was it uh, in the tall grass? Where there was, was the like, yeah. Is it the annual babies, ge- geeked like, up Halloween tradition? Of watching an abortion on this fucking podcast. Well, let's not also forget the uh, graphic miscarriage scene in Roma, our opening show. Then, so uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true too. But, but uh, uh, yes, again, I thought for hundred. So they the instead time. she's like ties a noose, and I was almost like, all right, thank God, she's killing herself, not fucking shoving a. <laughs> she's killing herself, not shoving a fucking farming tool up her puss. But all right. So. <laughs> I guess also during this time we should kind of cut back over to Winter Soldier real fast. Just because it does show him knocking on his sister's door, who you realize is the bait in the serial killer duo. And he does find the picture of her naked with the guy. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm running for mayor or running for sheriff again. I can't have people thinking you're a whore. You kind of but she also, like, too. works as a whore at, like, the town yeah, brothel. Yeah, at that bar where the deer <laughs> yeah. head was. She's also, like, is a whore. So she so is a whore, yeah. Such- but throughout that too, you kind of find out that he's also just like a super corrupt guy. That he's like yes, taking bribes sure. from the mob. He's like a huge piece of fucking shit. Even when he's like going to the whorehouse, because you're kind of like, dude, why is that bouncer like just allowed to punch him in the head? And he like kind of tells him, he was like, dude, what are you doing? Like fucking, why are you sniffing around like the hand that feeds you? Like what the fuck out of yeah, yeah. dirty cop. Uh, and then he like goes and talk to the gangster who again is uh, his name is. Uh, 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 Douglas Hodge, he played Alfred in Joker, the Walking Phoenix Joker. Okay, Where's nice. The, that guy's uh, in a lot of things, though, I feel like. If, if that guy he's wasn't British, in Deadwood, I'd give British you $1,000. But fucking, like, that guy seems to be in, uh, he's a familiar face, like a Stephen Root-esque kind of thing going on with him. 100%. But, so he's in it, and so you kind of find out that uh, Winter Soldier is a dirty cop. He then realizes he's kind of, like, clean things up around his neck of the woods. 
So he, because uh, he kind of uh, snowballs, you know what I mean? He's just like, Jesus Christ, where's he going to find out my sister's a whore? This is what the narrator's saying. He's like, then they're gonna, people are going to do more digging. They're going to find out about the bribes, how I deal with the gangsters. So he goes and kills the hilarious uh, backwoods Ohio mafia bookie, whatever the fuck. And uh, hilarious. I think one of the only funny scenes in the movie to me is when he's in the kitchen with like the henchman's right-hand guy and he's like, talking about the gun and making eggs and like, can I buy this gun? And he's like, oh, geez, I just bought that gun, but everything's got a price. You know what I mean? It's like the only yeah, yeah. scene where only kind of, it's the only scene in the movie that kind of warrants a grin. You're just like, all right. Like, <laughs> everything else is so dark. Uh, so you find, you see the Winter Soldier is a dirty cop. He kills the gangster, kills this guy. Then it kind of goes back to Tom Holland. You know, he finds his stepsister who he was like sworn to protect himself. He's like sworn himself to protect her. So he goes and uh, starts spying on the priest. He has like an inclination that it was the priest that had a hand in it. Uh, I think he also kind of just like randomly sees some fucking other like 15 year old redhead getting in her car. Yeah. He like watches him take her to, uh, to, uh, yeah. uh, So that makes him think his sister does the whole same thing. Yeah. Just kind of watches him for a while because even then he says his goodbyes. To his uncle, he's just like, all right, man, like, look, take care of grandma, blah, blah, blah. He takes the Luger with him. You know what he's doing. And it's one of those great scenes that I love. Is when he goes to the church to confront them, it's when it's Spider-Man versus Batman, you know? Yeah, and this scene was great, definitely. To confront him, and it's one of my favorite kind of uh, Hollywood tropes. It seems done here and there, but where he's, like, pretending, you know, you pray for a sinner, and he's just kind of like... And also, what's a great thing about Robin Pattinson in that scene, too, is since... Uh, uh, Tom Holland isn't a young girl. You can see his total lack of interest of like helping a like actual member of his church out at all. He's just like, I don't know, sure, dude, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, that was really weird because I thought that they were making it seem like Pattinson was like drunk or something or fucked up. Like when he showed yeah. up, like he barely even turned around. But I guess you're right. Like he was just like so indifferent and just didn't care at all. And then he even yeah, got into like sleep. like hilarious locker room talk with him when the guy was divulging <laughs> his sins. He's like, oh, sweet. I've right. seen I fucked a minor. He's like, nice. Big tits. What's the story? You mean Becky? <laughs> <laughs> I had sex with Tina too, man. <laughs> um, but just the whole scene with Tom Holland, like slowly, like confessing what he's doing, like you were saying, and brewing out. But then him realizing that it's uh, him he's talking about. Yeah, he like gives all of his sins. He just yeah. starts saying what he's been watching Pattinson do, and yeah, then Pattinson slowly realizes it. He's just like, "Hey, man, what the fuck?" <laughs> uh, then he finally guns him down, dude, and the great just like. Again, like the acting in this movie, it really seems like someone killing someone for the first time, like kind of struggling with it and just being like, oh, I've got to do it. And yeah, then, yeah. And uh, so Patton, uh, uh, Spider-Man decides to leave town then. And this is when the movie just kind of goes on like the big finale, just spiral, just like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on, dude? Like, So like Spider-Man, like I said, Spider-Man kills Pastor Batman in the church, decides it's time to fucking hightail out of town so he doesn't get caught. What does he do? Hitchhike. <laughs> Who's picking them up? You guessed it. Our favorite hitchhiking murder couple, you know, uh, Carl and Sandy. Yep. Um, they're picking them up. And again, it's not even that big of a coincidence because they're heading back to the town where they live, which is the town where Tom Holland's now heading to. He's heading back to his uh, ancestral home, if you will. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, there is at this point like a little bit of like a suspension of disbelief with all of these 
like the circumstance to lead everybody together from this fucking small shitty town. But it was very believable and like you know totally willing to go with it. Like yeah, the whole movie too is kind of just like a spider web of connectivity yeah so it's, at this and point, it is i guess just a real quick as well it is in the days where there it's like hitchhiking it's just open season for serial killers so just no like doubt. one of the no many doubt. uh one of the many downfalls for serial killers is that fucking people know not to do not to hitchhike anymore but i've only hitchhiked once and it was as terrifying as i thought it wow i never have yeah, I did it at a festival, man. It was the fucking craziest thing in the world. But... I mean, I guess I have gotten a ride from, uh, like, parking lot to shuttle lot from it at a festival. No, no. From, like, I fucking mean, like, random heads. But... Straight up walked, walking up the road with my thumb out and, like, got in the back of some crazy dude's truck. And, like, wow. I literally thought it was lights out. But yeah. it's another story for another podcast. <laughs> um but uh, so, but sure enough, like we said, the uh, the killer couple picks up old Spider Man. At this point, too, you don't know how this movie's gonna go. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, is it gonna be lights out for Spidey now because he committed a sin? Now he gets killed. How's this all gonna play out? Uh, sure enough, though, Spider Man's a little onto him. He uh, they go to the separate park, the park, you know, the usual bang my wife and I'll take your picture park. <laughs> Um, and he just feels suspicious about it at first. He also sees uh, Jason Patrick or John Connor, if you will, has a gun. So then he still has his Luger on his back. He kind of feels like he's suspicious of what's going on. He tries to get him out of the car. Fucking Tom Holland kills uh, Carl, the killer, all right? At this point, too, Sandy pulls a gun and has it pointed at him. And he's just like, look, I didn't want to do it. I don't want to hurt you. She's saying the same thing. He shoots at him. He shoots at her. Uh, he kills her now, too. He's checking himself for bullets. The narrator lets you know that her gun was full of blanks because uh, for a while, Carl wasn't trusting Sandy and thought she had uh, yeah. intentions on him. Good so move just, by Carl, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played because definitely would, she would have eventually tried to kill him soon. Yeah, because they play that a lot of the movie too. There's like a scene with her that we can't see over. Scene of her. No, by the like, end, she's like straight up does not away. want to be doing it anymore. She's like being yeah. forced to doing this. She yeah. hates it. She's like feels bad for all the guys she's killing after all this time. They're all her little dates she considers, but she gets it in the end too. Tom Holland goes home. Uh, he talks to like the uh, quickie stop guy. He's like, "Holy shit, that was you! You had pie in your face." The sheriff thought it was blood. Remember? Mm-hmm. Anyway, your dog's still hanging up up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, haven't even was... cleared out the bones. The, uh, yeah, goes... Skeleton's still fresh. If you want to go find, exactly, he goes back to his uh, home. He finds, as the narrator puts it, his old, his poor old dog Jack. He uh, buries the bones. And I guess in the meantime, too, now the sheriff gets the call. He sees that it's his sister. Um, it's his sister and her husband. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't forget how he ties it into uh, knowing it's the kid, how he finds the kid at the home. The guy the from kid. West Virginia Police Department calls over to oh, Ohio. Yes. Like, the guy, correct. I think the yes, kid yes, that yes. is from there might be heading back. Uh, correct. So Winter Soldier heads up there with the shotgun and uh, – doesn't do a very good job at all because he is like, hey, buddy, I'm not going to hurt you. I uh, just want to talk to you. Another great read by Spider-Man because he hides me. It's like, Jesus Christ. This he also hears, yeah, that was another great scene in the woods because he goes from, like, praying for his dog, you know what I mean, or, like, like the yeah. burial ceremony to, like, hightailing it because he hears faint footsteps. And then it's Correct. Winter Soldier with the fucking shotgun. 
and a really yeah, exactly. cool scene like, in the again, woods. Winter Soldier doesn't really cover it well because he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And like the second the squirrel moves, he's like, shabam! <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, I don't, I don't believe this guy at all. Yeah. Uh, then like kind of cuts to like Tom Holland trying to explain to him. He's like, look, dude, like your sister was a killer. And you know that he already kind of knows that anyway, just by with the picture he's found and everything. Like he knows that. His sister's no good, but the guy's so, like, career, I guess, driven. I think in between, didn't he actually go to the dark room and, like, burn yes, the right, dark room right, before right. he uh, before he goes to the woods? Like, right after he finds out about the sister, he immediately goes to their place and, like, finds their dark room where they developed all the photos. Correct. And apparently right. burns all of the evidence of her being involved in this serial killer to, like, protect his own legacy as sheriff. Again, he's got to be sheriff. Yeah. But, uh, literally, quick standoff. Like you said, great so he like fully knows what was going down when he uh, in con- in confronts Spider Man. For sure, yeah, and he's got to kill this kid just to like, keep his name clear. Uh, and again, final showdown: shotgun versus Luger. Uh, again, same thing. Where like, he gets shot at, like Tom Holland, he just manages to not get hit. He shoots a uh, Winter Soldier. He shoots him down dead, and then uh, you know. He then hitchhikes again like an asshole. I know. Like, <laughs> One last... At least this is like a hippie in a love van anyway. Like a classic yeah, yeah. 1960s Woodstock van. So I like to think that they were heading to Charles Manson's compound. 100%. That's literally how I thought it was too. <laughs> but you don't know what's going to happen to be perfectly honest. But you do get yeah, the feeling uh, that is how it ends with him. Yeah, taking a snooze in this van finally getting some rest. And really showing you that like... And again, everything that Tom Holland did, even though all his stuff came out of just like pure human impulse of violence, none of his stuff had to do with like from a religious point of view. And that's kind of why he got away with everything. You know what I mean? Well, also, he just had like was the one person in the movie that shunned religion the whole time. He was the one non-religious character. And then he has these like religious encounters where he gets shot at at point blank range twice and fucking doesn't get hit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's the only person and literally the only person that survived. As our Pat dies, both members of the serial uh, couple die. The sheriff died. The dad died. The fucking legless preacher. Everybody in this fucking movie dies. List I list off. The only people that make it out alive in the end is uh, Tom Holland and narrator. <laughs> and the narrator. <laughs> and Grandma and Uncle Erskel, but their fucking lives I mean, are shitty, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, those are literally the only two people that don't die, pretty much, because. Not only are they sitting around uh, Grandma and Uncle eating chicken livers, but also really have to contemplate and be like, dude, I think we're really bad at raising kids. Like, <laughs> Because we yeah. are like oh for three. <laughs> you should also maybe fucking uh, look into look into Judaism or something yeah, else. Uh, exactly. I don't think we're gonna church it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but so that's pretty much the film. Two hours and fourteen minutes, like we said. Uh, and again, not to really get into a review yet, but uh, dude, really enjoyed fucking everybody in this movie. Yeah, man, for two hours, 14 minutes, it was definitely chocked full of, you know, uh, storylines and just all of the, even that there wasn't necessarily, wasn't like an action-packed movie per se, there's just so much information coming at you between the intersecting storylines, and especially for a first-time director, but really, really executed really well, where a lot of times it's difficult to have 
three different, I guess there's pretty much two or three different storylines, two going on at least at once at all times. And it was never confusing. It was always really interesting. You know what I mean? There were, I guess, the one time when Holland got in the car with the serial killers, it was like a little too convenient circumstance, but it was totally cool in the whole realm of the movie and just really executed, you know, for a difficult you know, proposition to get all those storylines and everything intersecting, uh, uh, you know, efficiently and a really a job well done from that standpoint, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, agreed, man. Agreed. Really. Uh, I'll be honest. This was the, uh, second time I watched it twice because, um, I didn't know if we were going to do it and I wanted to watch it. And then watching it again was like kind of excited about it. I was like, fuck yeah, I get to watch this again. Which and, is also uh, really interesting to know just because even like the five bloods, which we talked about was, you know, I think we both gave Rudy's dad to and absolutely loved like some movies are great movies, but they might not have a great like rewatch value, you know, uh, but uh, 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 so a movie like this, or after you watched it really, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it once, once you kind of know everything that's going to happen, it's do you really want to watch it again? And really like stands the test of a good film like the five bloods which i did watch twice and was like great Uh the second time because it's just so well made but it takes like it has to be like a really well made film and uh this is one of those movies though too because since like the plots are so interwoven there are a lot of like little things you pick up on the second time you're like oh like you kind of implies that is her brother at that point okay yeah yeah i got you definitely killer thing or just like the foreshadowing i I picked up on a lot more it's like damn he like fucking pretty much calls out the movie before like the scene happens which is uh a great thing i mean i can work it or can't yeah yeah. i really like it i remember a kid uh if you read peter pan the book i remember as a kid i was i was read to it or was reading it but the author does something that like when all the kids leave with Peter Pan, the author as the narrator is just like, man, that's really like crazy. They're doing this, but like, don't worry reader. They all make it home by the end of the book. And I remember as a kid fucking hating that being like, well, what the fuck? What are we doing? (laughs) Spoiler. Why'd you tell me that? But this one, it really worked. Yeah, for sure. The diner scene was just really great of him being like, Oh, he also met his future wife. They call their victims models. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, that first scene, it really set off the tone, like we talked about earlier, that it was going to be a dark, disturbing, fucking crazy movie, and that there was lots of different shit that was going to be going on at once. You know what I mean? Like, they did a really good job in the first five minutes. You got a real sense of what the movie was going to be like, and it didn't really uh, stray from that, but... For sure, and I feel like we're going into territory of giving it our official review, but before we do that, uh, we have one big kitschy question we want to ask each other. Yo, let me ask you. Kitschy questions. Kitschy Of course, that was a kitschy question song done by the uh, director of this film's brother, Andre Davi. (laughs) (laughs) Big shout out to him. And uh, uh, like we said at the beginning, all the different superheroes are in this movie. And even in my intro, just all of the different geeked up character cameos that were like rounded out this cast kind of wanted to get us asking each other uh maybe 
what other geeked up Marvel superhero everybody's would have uh, could have played different characters <laughs> in this movie? Yeah, how can we get more? Uh, how can we get more Avengers in the yeah. Devil all the time? More Avengers, more Harry Potter people. More, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We can kind of go back and forth. I got a few. I didn't obviously pick everybody, but I just got a few for some people. A few um, other cast alterations. Okay, so you actually have like cast uh, 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 replacements as well, because I kind of just have characters of, yeah. that I would like to see put in the movie. Okay, but not necessarily flopping with other. Uh, okay. Like, for me, you I'll kick it off, I guess, yeah, if, if you don't mind. But, like, you know, kind of more where I was going with this, where especially, you know, you see Tom Holland, you see Spider-Man, you think fat Asian kid, okay? How can we get <laughs> Spider-Man's buddy, the fat Asian? Because let's face it, like, out of all the great Avengers, I'd say the fat Asian kid is probably the most beloved. The two most beloved Avengers in my book are fat Asian kid and then Black Panther's little sister, Okay, and we know she's not winding up in the movie. We would know her fate if she wound up in the movie. So we got to get fat Asian kid to be like Arvis's friend, like his one buddy that he confides in, you know? He's got to. He's got to. I don't know if uh, his dad, who was a World War II veteran, would have approved of him hanging out with an Asian kid. But, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but... All right, I kind of, speaking of his dad, though, I kind of went with a recasting of people and, you know, keeping with the geek theme, there was no one really representing Star Wars in this movie, all right? So I said, uh, instead of, just because he did a great job acting and kind of like the big thing in this movie to me was all the blown away acting, uh, when we were forced to watch Marriage Story, one of our takeaways of it was just the acting in it was really good. So I'm saying get Kylo Ren, Adam Driver to play... uh, Arvin's dad instead of Pennywise. <laughs> okay, I think nice. he could have played the same kind of just like disturbed, fucking, yeah, yeah, uh, weirdo as uh, the dad was. All right, all right. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. I uh, still did some more geek recasting. All right, uh, as Carl the Killer, I have three different people playing uh, Carl the Killer. Okay, uh, both of the Incredible Hulks. Edward Norton or Mark Ruffalo <laughs> okay. would have played a uh, a good Carl. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think Ruffalo more so. Yeah, I was going to say probably Ruffalo a little more so. Although Edward Norton can definitely do fucking swarthy redneck as well. But yeah, Carl is like a real creep, pictures. though. Yeah, I think Mark Ruffalo could have played that well. I also say though, my third person to play him though would be uh, again from last year's In the Tall Grass, uh, Patrick Wilson. The uh, bad guy in that, <laughs> yeah. who I thought was the guy, who I thought was Carl for half the movie until I realized it was John Connor. One of the who would be a good, uh, well, who could have been a good Carl, I feel, maybe. And as well, I actually have him in another cast role because he did do a couple of recastings. But uh, uh, I feel like Josh Brolin could maybe pull it off. Now, I actually uh, had Josh that. Brolin oh, as a, a good recasting for Leroy, the like town gangster you know, that fucking oh. spits on the bill. I feel like Brolin could have done a good job as, like, yeah. that fucking, like, the West you know Virginia. who I had to uh, take over for Leroy was from Geeked Up fame, fucking Steven Root. <laughs> okay, nice. Major Steven Root points, for sure. Yeah, he would have killed. Uh, Steven Root actually could have killed it in a lot of roles. Steven Root could have been yeah. the dad. He could have been, been every one of them. Arvin. <laughs> I don't want Steven Root to remake this movie playing every character. <laughs> um, I also had... 
And for my nerd down, I wanted to, uh, the only thing better than seeing a Spider-Man versus Batman would have been seeing a Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. So I wanted Tobey Maguire to play the preacher instead of Robert Pattinson. <laughs> okay, Toby. I think Tobey Maguire might have been able to pull it off. He's got that, yeah, like, you know. fucking creep. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Other than that, I just had Steven Wilson. I was I had a couple people down as uh, uh, my other big character that I wanted to see in here. I don't necessarily have. I guess maybe I could replace him with R. Pats as another preacher. But I would have loved to see Doctor Strange just as a character transformed, transplaced into this movie, and see him like open up some psychedelic portals in 1950s West Virginia. Have everybody's fucking mind all blown? Like he was in that hippie van at the very end. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I thought you meant him and Tilda like... Swinton fucking spinning the uh, <laughs> yeah. spinning the universe portal in the back. Is see now? I thought you just meant like Benedict Cumberbatch uh, 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 just to play character in it because would have brought up a very common theme in this movie that i think there was maybe one american actor in it and it was one of the women everybody in this movie is not american all like these white trash like tom holland robert pattinson is, uh, is, are, is robert pattinson not american british. jason clark is uh british robert pattinson's british oh i didn't know um, that um <laughs> uh even winter soldiers from romania so no like all these people Wow, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, like either British or Romanian. Or I knew that Tom Spanish. Holland was just from the uh, last Spider-Man. But... Yeah, but dude, it's one of those things where I've always said that like British people and like Irish people, they do great Southern accents and uh, uh, Boston accents. And uh, the proof is in the punch because look at uh, yeah, look at Power G Gordon Levitt fucking... and G Gordon Levitt fucking couldn't pull it off with an American <laughs> accent as an American. They're fucking dope. Yeah. So I guess that would answer our kitschy questions. Some added Avengers in the film. Some Avengers recasting in the film. Some um, Stephen Root, of course, in the film. Stephen Root, of course, playing the gangster. Well, you even said Douglas Hodge, the guy that played him, is in a... Uh, is You see him in a lot of stuff, almost like a Stephen Root. I say, do one better. Yeah, seriously. It's Stephen Root. <laughs> but that leaves us with only... Uh, uh, one thing left to do. We've given in our breakdown. We've asked each other kitschy questions. It's time to give this movie our official review. And sticking with the Halloween theme, because this is part two of part three of the Netflix and chat Halloween trio. Uh, but again, you know, like I said, even though this isn't technically a Halloween movie, it definitely fit the vibes of a fucking spooky, uneasy, in the woods. There's a dog hanging from a cross. On the <laughs> yeah, for sure. Halloween movie, all right? Yes, but, this will um, definitely get you in the dark, disturbed mind frame of... Uh, so, with that, we're sticking with our spooky uh, 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 rating systems combined like we did last time. Uh, Liam, do you want to give the breakdown of... Um... For sure. I'll, uh, I'll give you... Uh, I'll run through, of course, we're doing our four-point audio scale, as always. But uh, uh, we're doing our very spooky uh, sound clip segment here. So if we didn't, if we absolutely hated, I guess we'll start at the bottom. If we absolutely hated it, we give it a horror scream montage, a la Jamie Lee Curtis. If we uh, if we didn't like it, we give it a I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. 
if we liked it, we give it an epic Wolfman's Got Nards from uh, Monster Squad. Wolfman's Got Nards! And uh, the then. Thing, not the documentary. <laughs> yes. And I guess we'll get into it uh, uh, on the next Geeked Up episode, but big documentary, uh, Monster Squad documentary coming up. But uh, and then I guess if we absolutely loved it, the highest uh, uh, honor a film can get the Rudy's dad, if you will, but the Vincent Price horror laugh. <laughs> Cue me turning around with cat eye contact. <laughs> Uh, do you mind if I go first on this one? Yes, uh, go for it. I've been uh, really – we kind of talked off mic, but like tossing around the two I want to go with. And I'm going to tell you this. This movie answered for me what a Coen's brother movie would be like without the quirkiness. And tell you what, pretty fucking good. I uh, really like this movie. Because, again, like, that's what it felt like to me. It was like kind of had like a Coen brothers feel, but like just – you know, not like with any like kind of the kitschy, jokey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, you're definitely right. Coen Brothers are without any of the charm or fucking. Uh, mm-hmm. But I <laughs> or really, really liked it, and I don't know if it's because uh, we watch so much shit on Netflix here, but uh, I'm saying it, man. I know I'm e- I'm easier to give these out than you are, but uh, I got my cat eye contacts in. We're going Vincent Price laugh, baby. <laughs> 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 yeah, the Vincent Price laugh. Wow. Top notch uh, for me. Uh, uh, I just fear the only thing I really didn't want to do the, the top notch laugh for because I fear I'll be doing it two weeks in a row with QB Halloween. Right <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, we're obviously, you can uh, rest assured we're both uh, Vincent Price but laughing QB Halloween. But. I, really really like this movie i liked finding out that the author of the book was the narrator and i also could see I, in my eyes just watching we watch enough of these movies and i feel like we watch enough film i could easily have seen this movie being fucking terrible and going to shit you know what i mean <laughs> like it had such potential to be a bad movie with like just with the wrong casting yeah. or it was just like maybe chopping up the book a little bit kind of like you said maybe like doing the first act in like a 15 minute kind of wrap up instead of like the in-depth. Yeah. No, like we said, there is a lot of room for error just because there is so much going on. Like it's tough to execute a movie with all these inter uh, intermingling storylines and it's tough to execute a movie. That's like, so actor acting heavy and whatnot. But, uh, uh, director's uh, first feature film too, man. Like I'm really excited to see like what this guy has coming up next, because like, if this is fucking like swing one, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, Expecting big things out of this guy, uh, hopefully so big that we don't get to watch him on Netflix anymore. But you know what I mean? I really enjoyed the movie. It's two hours, 15, 18 minutes. I've watched it twice. I fucking yeah, I've which is a good it. sign. I mean, this times, is dude. Uh, I, I guess for me, people. I'm gonna have to give you an, and I gave a lot of deliberation in this one. This was a very potentially my toughest call ever. 
Okay, so tough, as a matter of fact, that I'm going to have to throw you a curveball and give you a very a Halloween-style trick or a treat. All right, and I'm going to give you a trick here, okay, because uh, uh, for, a t- for a call this tough, I can't be shackled in to the four-point audio scale. And this movie actually reminded me of, like we talked about, uh, uh, for me, the only Rudy's dad or Vincent Price scream that I have given a movie for me was Defive Bloods. Okay, however, in Defive Bloods, the review, I flirted with giving it a Dr. Dre hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to go Dr. Dre hell yeah on this one. Hell yeah. It's better than your average hell yeah. I think it's better than a Wolfman's Godnards. However, I don't know if I can give it quite the perfection of a Rudy's dad, uh, a la Vin Price laugh. I just don't know if I liked it that much to consider it like an all-time classic like an oscar you know what i mean worthy best movie i've seen all oh, see, year i, think this I don't know if it's like what's Oscars. up i think this one's going to go against the five bloods for like i mean i'm not I saying that i'd like that it's not going to be nominated i'm just like saying for me i don't know if it has i feel like it's maybe just a cut behind other like all-time all-time classics but better than uh anything else pretty much that we've watched on netflix and chat uh, barring the five bloods so i have to give it a little bit of a separation from everything else so i'm giving it a doctor i've been waiting to give something to Dr. Dre, hell yeah, which is the level where it's better than a Stone Cold, hell yeah, but not quite as good as a uh, Rudy's dad. So, but uh, ultimately, like you, I'm very much on your same page where I really, really enjoyed it. Thought the acting was great. I thought that it was like, you know, dark and disturbing, but also intriguing. You got like emotionally invested with, uh, uh, you know, there's the how much you hated Pattinson and all that kind of shit. It was really like slow and a good way there was interesting film choices like the narration and the you know time you know gaps going back and forth yeah. and stuff there's a lot of film too you what's know? up and using actual film maybe if i saw it in a theater i would have fucking rudy's dad at this goddamn thing yeah, or vincent yeah, Price. but uh all in yeah, all I like you know I, I just feel like i like it as much as you can like a movie without putting it in like the you know uh echelon of like the great movies that i've seen where i really felt like the five bloods you know in the last like couple of years that was one of the for me you know yeah. once upon a time in hollywood to five bloods there's like a, a short list of movies that I feel separate themselves, and I feel like this one maybe just not quite on that Was list. Just shy of it. That's yeah, fair. but way better. Like next to Roma, to uh, Five Bloods, you know, better, way better than like a, shockingly better than any other movie that we've watched. You know, Hell yeah. up until our next episode. <laughs> yes, which of course will all change uh... <laughs> because. Like I would say, this is usually the time we would reach, uh, ask Brad, what's in the box? What's in the box? But uh, you guys know what's in the box. We've been teasing it uh, since the start of Halloween. And of course, the next movie we will be watching, the big end of our Halloween trilogy, of course, is Hubie Halloween, starring Adam Sandler and the gang. Starring Adam Sandler and everybody else that you would expect to be in a Sandler flick. But really excited. This one as well looks like it's actually like a murder mystery comedy. Like there's devil all the time of Adam Sandler movies. It's got the whole (laughs) cast and a murder mystery. uh... Yes, yes. 
A Very goofy Sandler. Sandler's got a goofy mustache. It looks very promising. And like we said, the second uh, Sandler movie, although we have done The Wrong Missy as well, so we've done, uh, this is going to be our third Happy, Happy Madison, Madison Sandler oh, yeah. flick. But Very excited to watch this. Um, and of course, it's the icing on the cake of our big Halloween trilogy. So stay tuned for that. I guess with that, uh Keep an eye out for our trivia coming out on the 29th, like we said. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening. That's Liam Whalen. I'm Devin Barnes. I'll, uh, in the tall grass, take it away, Midnight Special. Let the Midnight Special shine a light on me. Let the Midnight Special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine a ever loving light on me. Yonder come his rose, found a world that you know. By the way she wears an apron. Y'all, this is Mr. Wu Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo!